Welcome to episode 267 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Joining me as always, for the last time as a resident of the state of California, as we say goodbye, a graduation of sorts for the great Randy Michael Statt as he goes to the other side of the country to find a life that he has not yet found in these hills of gold of California as he forges a new path, a reverse manifest destiny, if you will. Randy, the floor is yours. That's me, yes. I actually had no idea what this song was until you mentioned what it was. Also, you got the episode number wrong. Okay, because these fucks put the wrong number on the big one. They put it on the tiny one on the side. I'm not going to read the side number. No one reads the side number. You read the top. It's episode 271. Gee. I also Good got job. it wrong you on ruined. the uh, Zencaster link, so I put 270. So it's Everybody's both our fault. fucking up today because we're emotionally distraught as you are leaving us, Randy. I got the good mic today, though. My audio should be better than last week. You do. I also have the good mic, as it were. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I'm not in Phoenix. You, where are you? Are you in, are you in, Hay- are you in Hayward? No. What? Pleasanton. Pleasanton. Yeah, kill the song. Thank you. Russell. Also, Russell John, the fisherman. Hello! <laughs> what? Oh, God. I was waiting. But- I didn't want to... <laughs> So you're yelling out of a I coal mine? Completely forgot. I didn't know what the hell that song was. I you still don't really know what it is. I heard it, but when I pulled it, I'm like, "Who the hell is Vitamin C?" Also, keep in mind we are slowly catching up on YouTube. So I don't know. I don't know if we should be playing music that's going to get us flagged. We talked over it. I know the rules. I don't know. I don't know if that counts. I know the rules so that I can break them. Okay. I don't believe you, but I, I hope you're right. Also joining us is Oksana Valeria Nevedovosachi. Hello. Oksana, what was, what was your high school's graduation song? Okay, so... Hell, God. It was a parody of... Uh, I'm sorry? <laughs> weird Al? Was you, you had a Hell Weird yeah. Al song? No, it was a Barry Manilow song. They changed the words to Mandy. To be McGee because we had an infamous math teacher who was his his classroom was a shrine to Barry Manilow. So <laughs> this was your senior high school song. That's the only song I can remember from graduation. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of high school did you go to? A lot of people cried. Was Zac Efron there? And the cameras were always around and film crews. My graduating not a real class place. was like less than eighty people. Yeah, everyone left that college or that high school before the senior year. Yeah, I was chairman of a senior song committee in high school, and uh, I got voted down. You need a committee for one song. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> dude, believe me, I that's when I learned that nothing is accomplished in committees. <laughs> yeah, you would have hated her high school. They didn't. They didn't even have a football team. We had a pool, so we had a swim team. Oh, had, not like billiards? No. Or that's snooker? <laughs> we had uh, tennis courts, so I think we had a tennis team, and that's about it. Randy prefers... I forgot the name of that band. Parquet Courts. Oh, yeah, it Parquet Courts good. is good. There you go. <laughs> I'm a fan. 
Randy, so what you leaving out what in a couple days? Um as we record this, I'll be gone in well yeah. I'll be gone the uh day that this airs. Yeah, but you'll be on a plane, right? Yeah. Now did they come and pick the pick the car up? I know there was uh some you had to wait for them, is that right? Yeah, they were quite delayed, but uh it is now on a trailer heading its way to Atlanta. Should right. be there by like Thursday or something. She'll be a couple days without transportation. Yeah, but you know, they got a they got lifts and Ubers for that type of thing. So are you, oh, are, yeah, you gonna, are you gonna Marta it, dude? No, probably not. I don't know. I think you should live. I mean, one day I'll probably hop on Marta, but I don't know. Not the first are you, day. Are do you have this week off of work or are you starting work this week? I got the first week off. I go back on the seventh, Tuesday. Good. I think there's a Good. holiday hey, next Monday. Weekend. You picked you picked a good time. Hell yeah. All right. Well, that's it. <laughs> All right, Randy, bye. You're dead to us. <laughs> I mean, honestly, uh, we're coming out of the uh Cellar Dwellers podcast. Uh, you know, the fine folks over there who have adopted you, Christian <laughs> and Colby. And it seems like they need an engineer, as uh the last episode they put up seemed to be a double from the Dude, upload prior. We just thought about it. What? Christian, Colby, Randy, CCR. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> You're going to get Oksana to abandon ship and go join that team too. Oksana, you like CCR? I used to listen to them. <laughs> Everyone used to. They're America's band. Yeah. Born on a bayou in El Cerrito, California. Born on a bayou. <laughs> All right, let's unplug the mic. <laughs> dude, I got, I got a great John Fogarty today. All right, well, what'd you do last week? I know you came back, what, moments before I got back? On Friday? Yeah, anything fun happened in Arizona? Uh, I smoked a whole pack of American Spirit oh, Blues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went out I went out for one of the few times I've been out in Arizona. Dude, it was 118 degrees on Friday. Fuck yeah. It was just woefully hot. And on Thursday, I Wait, went, where did you go? Uh, went to go see Candyman on Thursday. Oh, okay. In the dead mall? No, no. I'm never going back to that place ever again. Okay. Um, primarily because their air conditioning situation is terrible. Oh, yeah. So nope. I'm like, nope. I, nope. Can, I can deal with shady malls. I can deal with shady theaters. If, if you are not properly conditioned, if you have not properly conditioned your air with yeah. inside <laughs> set of shady theater, then not yeah. happening. That's interesting. We both saw Candyman out of state. Because we saw it in Nevada, but yet we went to a theater that was, you know, in the middle of what looked like just a casino. Yeah. Yet it was a mall. And it was like buried up in the corner of the second floor. And there was an old usher who was cracking jokes. And it's like, whoa, did we go through like a time machine? Everything was high tech, beautiful, clean. Nobody there. Completely empty. And uh, I mean, it was kind of perfect. You would have loved it. We went to the XD screening yeah. and uh they had all recliners in there we were the only I saw people it. that's great yeah. yeah i had um i went to an amc and they, it was at the, uh the dolby theater oh, so i saw rad. it at dolby and it was good dang that's cool what, what did you do anything else in arizona uh well so i got there a little early oh exciting okay <laughs> get there a little early got in got into my uh i believe i took a lift there um Got in there. The guy was, he's like, I'm taking you to the movie theater. I said, yeah. And so we started talking about movies. This guy, not a big horror movie fan, yeah. but 
uh, black guy, and he said that uh, the original Candyman terrified him. Cool. And he's like, man, I'll, I'll be straight up with you. Uh, whites, uh, you know, white movies don't scare me. <laughs> Candyman, that shit's scary, man. <laughs> he's like, I ain't seeing that new one. So weird how culture works. Yeah. Especially because, you know, Candyman, written by Clive Barker, not a black story. It's all white people. Yeah. Not even in Cabrini Green or anything. I just found out about that. Oh, in the original? Yeah. I did not know. And that. then Bernard Rose turned it into that. Also, also a white guy. Also, I didn't know that Clyde Barker did the... Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, so it's really interesting. Why didn't he do the adaptation? I don't know. I think he might have wrote it, or I, I think Bernard uh, Rose did the screenplay for it, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He's, he's busy doing bondage shit with his yeah. Hellraiser people. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, that, that sucks, because you got home two hours before I did, and you probably had the same reaction. Where it's like, I couldn't wait to get out of the desert heat. And then so I got hot. here and I'm like, God damn it. It was so hot here too. It's hot. It's better today. <laughs> it's barely better today. And also today. the, the air, Randy, the air conditioning in my car is going out. Bust. <laughs> and the air conditioning in my room, in my window unit is uh, not producing have what it should. One of the only window units in California. I mean, you got to plan ahead, dude. <laughs> and I'm you're looking- not even here half the time. How the hell did it go out? I don't know, man. You know, I don't look. I don't write the lyrics. I just sing the song. Okay. Oh. I can't control the things I can't control. I I like. I noticed today, and it was. I'll be honest. It was a little depressing. But um, we've you know we've got friends out on the East Coast with the hurricane thing. I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. But after Clark was like mulling it over, I told you I did not want to talk about. I know this. we're not. I'm done. All right. Well, and, well you, our, our thoughts are. With everyone down yeah, there. Yeah, we love y'all. But like... My mom is safe. I noticed that after your, your phone call, you instantly went outside and had a cigarette. And I'm like, oh, God. Is this the new, like, chapter? I've already smoked three cigarettes today. I know, what, what's, the, <laughs> what's the idea here? Are you trying to get I'm, clout? Or no, like- the idea is... The, here's, here's... Because I know me, and here's the idea. I'm going to smoke like a chimney until I get sick of it. Uh-huh. And then I'll quit. Well, now addiction would dictate otherwise, because no, addiction. Is- I, I don't have that. I don't have that addictive thing. <sighs> All right. No. Let it be known. Episode two seventy one. Clark says I'm not addicted. No, I'm telling you right now because I'm already <laughs> thinking of like, oh, maybe I should smoke Winston's now. Well, you because everyone to- looks down at Winston's. Why? Because they sponsor NASCAR. I guess I don't know. Really? That kind of shit. I mean, somebody's buying them. Yeah, rednecks. James Lightfoot. <laughs> okay, so everyone's a good diet. So everybody out here on the West Coast. Yeah, no one yeah. smokes Winston's out here. Like dude. when you when you came out here and you were talking shit about Corona. What virus? Right? You know, like oh the beer, the beer. Well, corona's shit. Yeah, well, not out here. I love a Corona. Corona's awful. Nah, Pacifico crush. I love Pacifico. I think Corona's the first beer I ever actually wanted. When it is look. There is nothing like, dude, when it's a nice, warm, sunny day, much mm-hmm. like today, give me a Pacifico. Nah, Corona with a lime. Get out of here. I'd yeah. rather piss out of my butt. <laughs> you could have it. We could trade it I'd off. rather piss out of my butt, make Randy drink it. He pisses that out of his butt, and then I drink that. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. I need a cigarette after hearing that. Also, okay, so I knew you were going to bring it up at some point. I have been going through that, and 
of course it is tied into the three days we were in Vegas. I don't know what did it to me though. Clearly I've been trying to eat better, but like we did fast food. We went to the sugar factory, uh, which I'm sure is a great experience. We didn't have one. And uh, where, where the hell else do we eat? Gordon Ramsay's uh, fish. Oh, and the chips. fish and chips. there were great. Oh yeah! All right, I was when you as soon as you say Gordon Ramsay, I was like, please tell me you didn't go to his steak restaurant. No, no. Oh, who has time for a fucking sit down restaurant when you're in Vegas? Was the bit well? Most people, because Vegas is like the food destination of the United States. (laughs) No, we went out there. I think it was like, oh, it was late. I don't know. That was the most drunk we would get the whole weekend. And while we were eating, there was some little uh, crazy lady. Like we were up on an elevated platform looking down with like railing and she was just down there yelling at us, but everybody was kind of like glazed over mentally. And I guess she start, she pulled her top off and was like flashing people and trying to get money. But she was trying to get money out of Terrell. <laughs> she was flashing him and he was just like, what, what are you saying? Cause he's also blind without his glasses. So I don't yeah. even think he knew. Yeah. I don't know. It was a fun weekend. Was fun. Yeah. <laughs> also the- that koozie. Is from the saw experience. Oh, is it? Yeah. So they they oh the pig. The, well, it's a butcher that they. It's the faux butcher that you know becomes oh, the uh, location of horror because we did a escape room that's really a like movie quality haunt too, except you don't really have people jumping out at you. Now they had they also had a Blair Witch. Did you guys have time to do that one? I don't. It's the Blair Witch upper. It's. Um, it's not starting until like Saturday. So like the oh. day after we left Dang. and I wore a Blair Witch shirt there and they're like, Oh, are you going to be here? I'm like, no, I shouldn't have done it. But dude, I think as far as I remember when you applied to be a host of a escape room. Yes. I think you would have liked to be that one to like be a part of that. That's all. Yeah. It, so that escape room, um, there are six rooms that you go through and uh, the team is up to 10 people. Now, we went out there to celebrate uh, Terrell's birthday with seven people. Mm-hmm. So we we're kind of hoping for like no randos. And uh, we got two. Uh, it turns out that they were traveling all over America from Italy. Oh, so there was, which was fine. They're both like pretty people and uh, not a very good with the English, which turned out to be a huge problem in what is the hardest escape room I've ever been a part of. Yeah. And so it was weird because you like everything looked like you were in a movie set. So when they open up the first door, they're like, Hey, um, we're a little behind. Somebody will be in there with you shortly. And they bring you into this decrepit, bloody, completely dirty, uh, waiting room. It looks like you're at like work. So it's like a vending machine and chairs and there are bloody the waiting room at work is dirty and bloody. Where well, you it, are? It's like a, you know, nightmare version, like silent Hill. Okay. Like everything is grimy. And, uh, you know, we're like, what are we doing? Is somebody going to run in here and scare us? And so we were standing around in there for like 15 minutes, just looking at you. It looked like there were puzzles everywhere. There were like postings of, um, and the, the timer started and there was no timer. And then that room opened up into a locker room. Like you would put all your, but did you have to break out of that room? Well, we thought so. And we were in there for 15 minutes looking around, trying to figure out combinations on a few of the lockers that had locks. And then somebody came in and went, hey, I'm so sorry that this was behind. Uh, We're ready for you now. And I will tell you, I had picked up a scrubbing brush and I started cleaning blood on the floor (laughs) and going through the sink that was backed up with like, you know, coagulated blood and like dirt. And because I thought it was the fucking room. 
Were and they, then were they fucking with you? No, it was literally it was like an interesting waiting room. Interesting. Except we all thought it was a thing. So there was like a there was a board with uh, the schedule of the week, and people were off and on. And then we were trying to figure out a puzzle to a combination that wasn't there. And then it opens up in the room, and it's instantly like. Without giving anything away, Billy rolls out on a tricycle. There's an overhead thing. There's an eight-minute timer. And then it's clearly like, oh, we I was being a fucking idiot. I was literally on my hands and feet scrubbing blood <laughs> looking for a clue on the floor. But uh, too many people. Ten or too many people. Um, I think they might have changed that that initial waiting room too because there's pictures online. It looks like an actual like deli front room unless that's just in the... Oh, that might have been what it was before they took it over. But we got in there, and half of our team paralyzed. They're just terrified. And, uh, like, so you walk in, it's a meat grinder. They have pigs hanging, like, from that music video for the new Spiral movie. Yeah. And uh, the only way to get in there is you crawl under a chain link fence. And just said crawl written on blood. Then there was another one. uh, There was a free uh, meat locker, and you're supposed to go in there and freeze then there was another one where you uh, do a reach of faith or something, and you put your hand in a grinder. And then there was some other one that I didn't even look at. And I remember I turned to Oksana, I'm like, hey, crawl in there. And she like, she was like frozen. You and like two other people were just terrified. <laughs> they released gas in the room. They're like, hey, this is a nerve toxin. You're going to die. You need to leave. Man, it was, it, it was frustrating for me, but it was a lot of fun. I, uh, we well got done. A, we got it. Dude, it was great. We failed two of the rooms, mm. but, uh, the, yeah, dude, the Italian people were so nice, but there was a puzzle where, uh, you had like styrofoam pieces, like a pig head and it'd be like, no, put the pig head there. And they, they just didn't even know what we were saying, but they were like in the way of it, dude. Yeah. I don't know. It was a lot of fun. And, um, nobody would get in the freezer. So I did it. Like I opened the door and Oksana just said, no, it's dark. I'm not going in there. And uh, it looked like there was a child in the room. So I stepped in and this little girl ran across. Turns out she's like the only host. So like if you would have applied for this job, that would have been you. Were you chilling? That would have been a little girl. Well, you would have been a, a, a shorter person hiding in a meat locker. All right. So I went in there and I stood there because I thought it was just like, oh, you're supposed to be in here alone because I've been watching too much MTV fear. And then she was like, hey, why don't you search the corpse? I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, check the corpse. I'm like, there's a corpse in here? There's a little area you could walk around. There's a hanging body. By the way, you're in Las Vegas. The temperature's north of 110. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to go in the freezer? Well, it felt great in that whole building anyway. Okay. They had a waiting room outside that was just a tent with a giant industrial fan, too. I don't know. Uh, dude, it was a lot of fun. Uh, what else did we do? Drag Race Live was great. Randy, we- could you have done a uh, spooky escape room? Yeah, I don't see why not. Also, did the Italians talk about the uh, Fellini escape room that they have in Rome? <laughs> no, they There's have a one. Fellini escape room. <laughs> they live no, in- there isn't, but I just made that up and thought it would be I funny. I know, I love it. That was very good. I it could be it. like a circus, you know? It would be actually pretty cool. Dude, I am reading that book of clowns right now and uh, terrifying stuff in there. Dude, they could do an Argento escape room. Oh, dude, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Japan has the uh, Suspiria bar. So, I mean, I feel like the, the groundwork is already laid. Um, yeah, I don't know. Vegas- Would you rather go to the Suspiria bar or the, uh, the HR Giger bar? I'd just do both. 
<laughs> well, they're on opposite <laughs> sides of the world. Yeah, but I mean, I, if I'm going out there, I'd probably try and hit them both. I mean, Vegas actually has a pretty decent like horror. Like, okay, on the way there, gas station bought four horror shirts. I don't know why they had them, but uh, I'll show you them later. You'll you'll think it's funny. Um, then we got there. They have Nightmare Toys, which is a horror like movie dedicated place. That's where I bought all those VHS tapes. They just have a wall of VHS tapes that are all five dollars flat. Yeah. So yeah, I bought like eight of them. And then um yeah, I don't know. There there's a bunch of shit to do out there. It was fun. But when I got back, man, it was still too fucking hot. Y'all are there for yeah. It was a quick uh wham bam thank you. Dude, man. it was great. It was uh Wednesday through Friday. And you drove. Left, yeah. Wednesday very early, came back Friday uh at by eleven thirty PM. So and then we you know got up and it wasn't like we had to go to work because now it's the weekend. It was great. I don't know. It was a lot of fun. Also, uh, Terrell's his videos have been up on um, YouTube. If you haven't checked them out, he's been doing Blu-ray Tuesday, and we recorded one out there. So, yeah, I know he drank Hennessy on there. We're like, should we be doing this on YouTube? But I think we're just gonna lean into the eighteen plus thing. So, I don't know. It's fun. All right. It's fucking hot in here. It's not too bad. All right, you ready to start this thing officially? Let's do it. All right, let's bring in. David <laughs> Oh my god. Come on in, David. I hated that so much. Good morning. It's August 29, 2021, and it's a Sunday. I had a word for the day, but now I can't remember I can't remember what it was. Oh no. What's that? Say again. Oh. Uh, the word was for the day was memory. Um, anyway, everyone, have a great day. Dude, you're bringing bits to the show now? It's yeah. pretty good. Again. I don't know. He's Well, he's doing busy. He's also doing a Joe Biden impression. <laughs> The director of Eraserhead, Twin Peaks, uh, brilliant man. Glad, glad to have you here, David. All right, back to, back to LA. I again, I I edit some of those YouTube videos he puts up. I only edit them a little bit. That was all him. I didn't manipulate that in any way. And honestly, I was very concerned when I first heard that. But uh, yeah, good job, David. <laughs> all right, are you ready? Ready for uh, Randy's least favorite segment? Here we go. All right. <laughs> hey, it's the Randy Retread. All right. Oh, God. <laughs> That's Randy's car on the way to okay. Atlanta. Yeah. I'm sorry, Randy. I, I shouldn't have put that By out there. By the way, there. I, already, this is, I think, uh, the second official Randy Retread. Randy has not seen this movie. <laughs> we mm-hmm. have lost all meaning of what Randy Retread means. Again. <laughs> the retread part just means we're talking about it again. We shouldn't be doing that. We're professionals. Yet I had to talk to you about it. And Randy's been sleeping on it for too long. It's well, not Randy's like he's got true. anything going on. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's not like he's moving across the USA. The Nighthouse is a film that you guys saw a couple weeks ago. I did not go see it because I had to do laundry. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw it a week later. 
That was yesterday. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the Nighthouse. Now, I have I saw no such trailer for the Nighthouse. Oh, good job. I knew nothing about the Nighthouse. I knew that it had Rebecca Hall, and I like Rebecca Hall. If I have any complaints about Rebecca Hall, is that I think that she does an a fine American accent. However, she just looks very British. So I don't really buy her as an American. Randy, your thoughts? Uh, I also like her, but didn't realize she was British, so. Me either. She may not be British. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get hung up on that. I want to hear your thoughts about the film. I think she's very British. (laughs) What are you looking up her Facebook right now? It says she is an English actress, so yeah. She's from London. It's all right, isn't it? See? (laughs) My British accent is superior to her American accent. All right. Russell, your thoughts? Uh, No. (laughs) I I couldn't tell. But again, I am completely gullible. She looks like... She looks like she should be at Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. She looks that British, dude. All right. She's a grown-up Veruca Salt. I loved the Nighthouse until I liked the Lighthouse. The Nighthouse. (laughs) (laughs) See, part of my reason is the Nighthouse is a shit title. I don't like it. I sort of understand it. It makes a little bit more sense. Here's the problem with the Nighthouse. It gets too cute at the end. They throw a lot and some of it sticks. And I, the move, the film turned into, you know, a, um, again, Randy, I, Randy, I, I, I do think that you may would get some enjoyment out of this. There's, there's a lot in this movie. And uh, I think what they do visually is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, also, I, I, I like the script of this. It's just, man, that third act is just a lot. It's the problem with every haunted house paranormal film where the buildup, you know, it, it's captivating and then you get there. And, you know, as a horror fan, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of us are pretty um, creative and we've come to our own conclusion. And then when they kind of start showing you what they're thinking, if it doesn't line up, man, it can. You're well, like, oh, I don't like no, that. But it, it just got to a point where they were just like. <laughs> we could have cut out some of this. It's just too much. I think I know what you're you're trying to articulate. It does get manic at the end. But, you know, after we, we briefly talked about it before we were recording, and I think it all plays into it. I even think the title, The Night House, is yeah. kind of, you know, um, you start reflecting on all the bad stuff. Like, depression creeps in at night. Right. I know I get that. Yeah. And, and I... I thought that this was a, a, a nice, you know, examination of, of mental health to a certain extent. However, it's no take shelter. Take shelter is sort of, you know, my Rosetta Stone about films dealing with, you know, mental health. Was that Rolling Stones or something? No, Jeff Nichols. No, I don't know. I haven't with seen it. Michael Shannon. Yeah. And what's Randy? What's my other guy's name? Jay <laughs> Wiggum. Oh yeah. And that his name? I believe Wiggum? so. Yeah. Yeah, he's tight. Like the cop from Simpsons? So, uh, yeah, it's it's no take shelter. But I, I very much enjoyed it. Um, 
I thought that Rebecca Hall carried this movie. Um, she she does a, a fantastic job, and frankly, um, Brandy, the movie opens up where Rebecca Hall is a teacher, and her husband has passed away. Mm-hmm. We learn a little later in the movie that her husband killed himself, and she's just trying to, you know, A, hold herself together, and then, you know, is watching a lot of old tapes that they made together and, you know, reading things that he had written and um, also checking his phone and noticed some pictures of some other women, and there were some other things going on. Uh, apparently, he was um, into, you know, the dark arts. Well, there's a, there's a important... There's an important thing there where this film, you know, we're fresh off of him killing him, her, himself and he uh-huh. didn't leave a note or no, he did. He did. But the whole movie is her like almost like reimagining who he was because she was so shocked by him doing it. And, you know, when she's going through her phone, there's a girl that looks a lot like her that she starts to think isn't her. And I, dude, like when we were talking about it, this is what I wanted at a censor where it's like, oh, we're doing a like descent into darkness. Like uh, what is real? What isn't? Except in that movie, you knew the whole time what was real and what wasn't. Yeah. And in here, dude, by act two, it's like terrifying. And in the audience, I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then the third act, we yeah, it either works for you. Or it feels like jumping the shark. But there's a great scene that takes place at a bar where one of her co-workers um another teacher they were having you know teachers night out and they wanted her to come <laughs> along well no that sounds like it's a different a technical movie. term it's a, it's teachers <laughs> night out uh that's that's a movie starring john cena in another comedy because yeah. the comedic genius john cena i i like john cena we can stop with the comedies no i don't like him you don't like him no nah, not after that like I pandering am, apology thank I'm, you so I'm much. Done. john cena He's a weaker Hogan. He's trying to be that like American, like you know, substitute dad kind yeah, of but shit. He's, he's whack, but he's not nearly as interesting as Hogan. No, no. Hogan was a weirdo. Go go back to the bar. Now I want to listen to Hogan's <laughs> music record. Well, no, because that bar is one of the best scenes in the movie. Okay, so they're back. They're back. It's by far the best scene in the movie. One of my favorite scenes I've seen this year because I think it's a perfect examination of someone who has just suffered a a horrendous loss. When you go through a tragedy, um, it's, it's almost, it's easier to a certain extent for the person going through the tragedy than people around the people with the tragedy, because they just, you know, everybody's walking on eggshells. Yeah. So I think you hit a certain threshold of like, you're just tired of that shit and you just, uh, and there was a, that was sort of culminated here in this scene where one of the teachers was just asking very blunt questions and she was happy to answer them. She just wanted to talk about it and it made everyone else uncomfortable. And then the, the whole scene, you know, got very uncomfortable um, from the direction that was headed. But I just thought it was a, a great realistic scene as someone, you know, you know, when, when you go through those deeply tragic moments, um, you just want whatever truth there is to be said. So even, you know, by talking about it is therapeutic. Yeah. I I also think she wasn't dealing with it though. And, uh, well, she was, and she wasn't like you are, and you are, it's, you know, you, you, uh, Dabda. Well, I mean, mean? before that she had shown up to work 
And people are like, what the hell are you doing here? Like, you got to have something to do. I get it, but like, yeah. What else is there to do? I know. Well, you hang out in the house that he built for you. Yeah. And think about it. Yeah. So I don't know, Randy, it's definitely worth watching. Um, It's fucking good. I think at um, Rotten Tomatoes, it's actually higher than Candyman, which we're going to talk about later. Yeah, it's at 85 right now, which um, I don't know. It deserves it, man. I'm I'm excited on that one. I love that house. Yeah, beautiful. Love that house. Also, uh, the architecture. We do a little bit of like HP Lovecraft in in this film. Like, I I know I hate comparing things or even titling them as like Lovecraftian. I hate that as much as Lynchian. But I feel like they really did it right here. We were doing some abstract stuff with like haunting, using the architecture to make outlines of like a male figure that was like, tr- I dude, very interesting and movie. There, but there's no real satisfying payoff of that. Uh, but I think that's better for the film. I don't. I'm not disagreeing with. Yeah, you. yeah. I, that's why I'm saying that this film walks an interesting line between studio and art house. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to play well to people just walking in either. Because you got to kind of live with that movie. But a there are bit. jump scare moments. There are scary. Oh yeah. Th- there were a couple times where I'm like, okay, all right, okay, okay, night house. Oksana, did you scream in that Get one? A little spooky. I don't think I screamed, but I definitely got scared. I, I think I jumped a lot. Yeah. Uh, Randy, the girl that is in Barry is in this. Okay. The blonde lady. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. She's the, uh, she's Rebecca Hall's friend, teacher, lady. I'm in. <laughs> she's great. I know. I, I think you should like it. Randy, I think this is a solid three star for you, babe. Sounds about right. I mean, I, I definitely plan on seeing it. I like Rebecca Hall, and yeah, I think I'll uh, probably see it pretty soon after I move. And Candyman. Cool. I'm I'm interested if any of our uh, one movie podcasts, like um, Scary Thoughts or Cellar Dwellers, would, would like kind of dig into this one. I think there's a lot to chew on there. And uh, yeah, so when do y'all do it? <laughs> All right, are we gonna? Try and put Randy on the spot now. Or? Yeah, Randy, it's, I mean, you know, you said, no, we all know you're out there. You're trying to get your life packed up, shipped out. So uh-huh. Start anew in Atlanta. So you haven't watched a whole lot this week, right? Indeed. Ever really watched anything. I watched nice. a couple episodes of a, yeah, Hulu show with my mom the other night called uh, Nine Perfect Strangers. What is that? Wait a minute. I know what that is. I think it was based off of a book or something. Um, Yeah. Nicole Kidman's in it playing like a Russian character, and I don't think she does a good Russian accent, but (laughs) I don't know. We'd have to uh, consult Oksana for that one, but. Not Nikki Kids. Don't we have Michael Shannon in this as well? Yeah, Michael Shannon's good in it, and uh, Bobby Cannavale is in it. They're both really good. I don't know. The show's kind of weird. It's just like this um, nine people get chosen to go to this, like, retreat, like a wellness retreat thing, and. um, they're given a, uh, it has a very similar um, spoiler to um, the end of Old with the uh, oh. the smoothies they're getting. Oh, oh weird. Is yeah. it spooky? It's not. It's uh, sp- mm. spoilers ahead for uh, Nine Perfect Strangers. They're uh, microdosing them with shrooms. <laughs> yeah. Lame. Yeah. Well, Randy, uh, 
I I don't know if you saw it, but I actually read um, Sandcastles on the ride out to oh, Nevada. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I'm, I not a popular opinion I have, but I thought old was better. I nice. really wanted I wanted a like more serious approach to the material and not as goofy. And I mean, there there were moments of old where I was laughing at what was going on on screen, not with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the end of um, Sandcastle, so that it's a it's a French graphic novel. And it's, oh man, it's so bleak. I would compare it to Long Weekend, the movie, except that there's a lot of weird, like, sexual decisions made in that book. Hmm. And um, it, I don't French, know. Dude. Every decision's a, a sex decision in France. Well, the thing is, <laughs> they fuck. When you're encompassing, like, all the emotions of human life, I feel like you got to have a few of those in there other than, like, um, I don't know the the want of uh fleshly needs and yeah. uh i don't know misery <laughs> like dude by by the end of it i was reflecting on old and i'm like dude old had the whole rainbow of emotions in there that literally it, it literally had me <laughs> laughing at it and then crying with it yeah like i had a, a damn tear in that movie in old in old why just because it was, was dust in your eye no i really touching i i really like i saw it twice i wasn't touched <laughs> How high were you? You were probably numb. First time fairly high, second time zero. Yeah, I. Well, here when you find the right lady, and uh, you rewatch our man. Don't put me in a box. You find the right uh, other. Thank you. By the time you do, it might be an AI on your phone. Who knows? (laughs) Um, I'm gonna walk in it. Yeah, (laughs) same. Well, even that that shit should be canceled because that movie's got a pronoun for a title. It's fucking medieval times. Um, anyway, you know, it's just when, when the couple's reflecting on all the petty squabbling they had done, I don't know. It just, it was really effective. And like to have bonitis <laughs> right around the corner, the corner, it's I like, need my calcium. like to me, that movie really in, encapsulated, encapsulated the human experience much better. But again, old that Sandcastle was a really quick read and a better title. So it's a better title. Yeah. Black and white. Dumb. Didn't like it. <laughs> Also, they don't have mid-sized sedan in there, which is bummer. the best character oh. of the year. Yeah. It's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Besides right, Nine Randy. Perfect Strangers, I, uh, you guys know about No Budge? I believe our uh, future guests mentioned it. I know about No Bulge. I, <laughs> Thank I you. also have that, but um, yeah, No Budge <laughs> is like a, uh, it's a site slash streaming service that just has a bunch of No no budget um in the a lot of shorts and several features um there was a free trial um for that so i've added a couple things and i watched like two shorts um so far that were both pretty good one is called sound speeds and one is called agua culture i think they're both like 10 12 minutes long but um i don't know it seems like there's some cool stuff on there and um yeah i believe um our future guest mentioned that one of their Shorts uh, was on there like a while ago, so I'd been meaning to check out No Budge because I've seen a lot of like posts um, about stuff on their uh, service. But um, yeah, I don't know. It seems cool so far, and probably going to check out some more pretty soon. Cool. Who was on No Budge? You talking JTT JB? Yeah, I believe. Uh, yeah, JTT said he may have had something on there like a while ago, but I think now it's on his Vimeo page. 
That what, makes sense. Why are you all talking in code? We already it's have the- cooler. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't I know mean, if they were going to be this week or next week, so I didn't want to say. They're this week. They're this week. Anybody want to go ahead and name them? Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Okay. <laughs> Play the theme. What, the theme for what? The Tonight Show would have been great. Oh, I don't have that. That was a YouTube link you sent me. Ah, God, I need. (laughs) Let me explain something to you. I need y'all to be at my level. You understand? I, I'm not high. I've lost my vaporizer. (laughs) I don't know. I'm sorry. Have you seen my vaporizer pin? I just got here last night. No, you you got here two nights ago. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We were downstairs working on shit. He stumbled. You've been vaping, apparently. He stumbled into the room and just said, "Uh, "I can't find my vape." (laughs) Good. That's how I greet people after a week of not seeing them. And the only gummies I have, dude. You saw me last night, Randy. I switched over. I got some um, THC and CBD gummies Mm -hmm. that are supposed specifically designed to improve your sleeping health. Okay. And I was waiting. I was waiting on you, Randy. It's a conversation would go back and forth. It's like Pong. You know that video. Would game? you hurry uh-huh. up? We're running out of time. <laughs> Talking about your CBD gummies. Well, you saw me last night. I looked catatonic. You did, and it looked like you were on fucking opioids. Yeah. You had a, you had raccoon eyes. Did I have like, raccoon? Yeah. Eyes? I was like, what are you doing? I was doing a raccoon impression. You're like I'm over cigarettes. <laughs> I'm doing a. I can't even think of a damn pill. Give me a pill. Oxycontin. They still make that. Oh, know, yeah. Randy. Big seller. <laughs> <laughs> Brought this to you way. by Pfizer. Okay. A Pfizer. FDA approved. <laughs> this week, our friends over at the Cellar Dwellers podcast started a new series on David Cronenberg. I listened to the first one. Uh, the first film they covered was The Brood. And they were talking about everything that they were going to cover. I think they're going to go decade by decade uh, with Cronenberg. So, starting in the 70s, the 80s, I don't know. They may do the one that I'm about to talk about now. Because I had never seen... I've I've done... I've I've come in and out of Cronenberg. And I've missed some of the big ones. And I've missed the biggest one of all the Cronenbergs. Probably. Do you think this one is the biggest Cronenberg? Uh, probably. This one put him on the map. Popular culture, yeah. Yeah. Of course, I'm referring to The Fly. We got Jeffrey Goldblum. We got Gina Davis. And we got a baboon. And we got another baboon who got turned into beef jerky. Okay, what did you think of it? I'm pretty sure everybody listening has seen it before. I know. That's what the thing. Um... First 35 minutes, a little sleepy. A little yeah. sleepy. Then, picks up. Was you, you like uh, Goldblum working out nearly naked? Oh, that was pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> he, he turned into gymnast Goldblum. It, what the fuck? I don't know. We got some... Randy, did you hear that? We got a neighbor who's decided he wanted to say hello through the window. <laughs> I didn't, but I have shitty headphones on today. So we got... We got Goldblum in there. Now, again, I think that when we talk about the strengths of Cronenberg, what are we talking about, really? Are we talking about his storytelling? 
Are we talking about the exposition? Are we talking about the camera work? Are we talking about the gnarliness and the special effects? And the body horror? And yeah. the body horror. That's the bread and butter. That's what's, that's what's bringing the keisters into the theater, baby. That's what's buttering the popcorn. And we get, we get plenty of that in this. I mean, what else do you want when it's, when, when it's, when the flies going, you can't, you can't fly any higher. Well, you, you know, the interesting thing about the fly, a lot of body horror, it's usually just a descend. Like, you know, Hey, I'm here. And then things get worse. We're in that. In in the fly, he actually is better than human. He goes for a yes. Yeah. So so he goes he goes better than human, then decrepit, more human than human. That's, your, that's a shout out to your favorite filmmaker, Rob Zombie. I tried to pivot into the <laughs> the, 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 uh, the killer song. Are we human or are we dancer? Oh, I don't know and that. Then you, that's some Randy shit. You don't know that. I don't know the, the killers, killers either. Are, Oh, my man. Are we human? All right. Are we dancer? Are we more human than human? It's a good song, Dave. The killers are woefully lame. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, first thing happens, oh, he, turns it, he turns into Love Machine, man. But then you notice his face. He's got Greg Popovich face. Right. Google Greg Popovich. You're going to laugh for days. Mm -hmm. P-O-P-O-V-I-C-H. Yeah, Maybe. please. That'll stop the podcast that. to go Google Greg Popovich. It, it <laughs> looks like Greg Popovich's face looks like, you know, he rented it out as an ice rink. Okay. <laughs> or people dropped a sack of hot nickels on it. Okay. Very different uh, images you painted there. Oksana, are you looking up Greg Popovich face? Yeah. <laughs> Am I wrong? Nope. Thank you so much. <laughs> show, show. No, your, I don't. Show your life partner. I'll wa yeah. Yeah, he looks like that. Head coach of the San Antonio Spurs. Good man. I don't like him. Also, it was rumored that Greg Popovich was former CIA. What did you think of his apartment? Greg Popovich? Never been. <laughs> Goldblum. It's, it's, sorry, see, that's the thing. <sighs> It's, it was cool, but it's stupid at the same time. Nah, because now we have people mining crypto. It's a similar thing. He was in a lot of power, but hanging I'll out in a loft. But yes, for 1986, I bought it. Yeah. Because the property is probably not too terribly expensive. And the whole thing, he's shrouded in mystery anyway. So it just works. Yeah. It just works. Great casting, too. Yeah. Also, the pods look awesome. But like, he's got a like, He's very different than Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. Where he's kind of like a quirky good guy that's corrupted. You know what I mean? Where like Frankenstein, you never you never want to root for that, yeah. that motherfucker. But like Goldblum's charming. Very and, charming. Yeah, and it's tragic what happens in that movie. I'm glad. Or you've... is it? <laughs> I don't Because at the end he even he even says to Gina Davis, he's like, I'm returning to what I'm supposed to be. I'm a fly masquerading as a human, and I'm just going back to my <laughs> my true form. Does that really happen? Yeah. Okay, I don't remember. You don't remember that? No. no that was a beautiful part of the film. Last time I saw the fly was at the Alamo for a Terror Tuesday, like probably three years ago. Looked beautiful, though. Oh, also, great. Alamo's coming back, so by the time Randy leaves, we'll be back in the Alamo. I don't know if that's good or a bad thing, but whatever. I don't know. Fuck the Alamo. They took away the best chicken sandwich I ever had. 
They ruined that menu. Ruined it. Yeah. Also, the name of the baboon that baboon that is the actor. He goes by Typhoon. Typhoon the baboon. Apparently, yeah. Fuck. That's good. It's a good baboon name. I man, when they when that first baboon died, that was very sad. Also <laughs> gross. <laughs> Just yeah. turned him inside out. The, yeah, the body horror in that is very good. So good. Yeah. And the fly was fucking... Yeah. Better than help me, help me. Help me, <laughs> help me. I don't know why I haven't seen the fly, to be honest with you. I just, uh, you know, I'm a busy man. Oh, uh, you're also a millennial. I think, like, all of the you old... You watch your goddamn well, mouth. I, <laughs> like, I identify as a boomer. I know you do, and... uh I don't know. It you don't get thrilling from you know the aspect of watching the fly. So I don't know. You watch it and you're like, oh, there's a lot going on here. Like, yeah. I'm glad you watched it. It's great. Randy, your thoughts. It's pretty good. Also, I haven't seen it for several years, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we gonna talk about uh let's pivot into um so again, last week we talked to um, our new friends over at the Cell Dwellers podcast, uh, based out of Atlanta. And towards the end of that show, I proposed a little bit of a trade-off. So uh, we are delivering our end of that trade-off, as uh, I believe it was Christian gave us the, we, we both, I, I threw out the suggestion that we would uh, each assign each other's show a film, and then we would review said selection in an upcoming episode so christian decided that he wanted us to talk about a 1970s puppet soft pornographic film called let my puppets come well i i want to stop you there and just point out that before that he mentioned pumpkin carver yes and and i will tell you there's it's one of those moments where you like Meet a stranger in a record shop. Is that, is that when you fell in love? Well, I was. That's a little weird. Like, did you ever think somebody would recommend Pumpkin Carver? No, but as soon as he did, I'm like, we're in good company. Yeah, exactly. And I just, I had to point that out. And when what we we did like a segment on that fucking. Also, I loved his his whole um, packaging of recommending Pumpkin Carver to us where he was clearly excited about Pumpkin Carver because he enjoys it because mm-hmm. it's a fantastically fun film. But he was also like, you know, it's pretty, just let it go. <laughs> just, you know, it's, it, he was trying to like quell our expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, I don't know if I used quell. I don't know if quell's a word or quim. Qu- oh, you just learned what quim is today. Yeah. That's a big day. Mm-hmm. What is quim? Mayor Quimby from The Simpsons. <laughs> We're making a, a lot of references to that show today. I think Quim may be British, but it, it's we don't use it much over here. It may just be outdated. I've never heard Quim until we watched Let My Puppets Come. No, it, it means vagina. Are Rebecca sure? Hall uses it. 100%. Rebecca oh. Hall? Yeah, because she's British. Oh. Quim. Callback. <laughs> they also oh, okay. No, the Brits they also say minge, fanny, cunny. fanny, fanny. Yeah, fanny does not mean booty. Fanny a, does not mean butt. Fanny me actually means vagina. Fanny is so a fanny, child's butt. So the, what you kind of need to think of it as is that you know, 
the American cunt and the British cunt are two different oh, things. <laughs> they use cunt much more loosely than we do. Mm-hmm. The American cunt is that's a hard that's a hard cunt. Okay. <laughs> British is like, ah, come on, you cunt. Quim has no weight to it at all. Yeah. Minge. Uh, I only know Minge from uh, the UK drag race. There's a <laughs> one of the girls is named Ginger Minge. What about Cunny? No, I said Cunny. All right, that's it. Okay, cool. <laughs> that's all the the vagina slang words. I know. Well, again, let my puppets come. It looks like Vinegar Syndrome put it out. It's a. I mean, there's no other boutique that would. Uh, it's a vin- Kino was talking about it for a while. <laughs> it's a. It's a vintage. Uh, what do you call what's the the polite word smut it's film <laughs> with uh puppets in it and um i found it through a torrent and i'm gonna recommend people do that because i couldn't find the dvd transfer looks great yeah it looked good and again thank you to vinegar syndrome and vinegar syndrome don't worry i spend way too much money with you year after year yeah so, so shut the fuck up yeah if, <laughs> if i see y'all have a copy of this I'll, I'll buy it and give it back but um i did find it it took me a while because i realized i had to click that i was looking for porn mm. which i'm not used to doing which may be surprising to some people but yeah it came up and um clark was like oh i heard this was soft soft core and we're like, okay, well, it's probably just because there's puppets in it. Yet the first well, I didn't want hardcore. Well, the first well, hardcore puppet porn is pretty much what you get. Since yeah. the very first intercore scene involves a bored, uh, voluptuous uh blonde puppet lady yeah. uh lamenting a her lack of man in her life, sitting naked on a reclining chair, when her pet dog comes up and uh seduces her. <laughs> into uh what cunnilingus and then uh just missionary style on uh with his red rocket on a uh recliner it was uh a hell of a way to open up a movie and i don't think it gets more gnarly than that although it does start to turn into a bad acid trip not that i've ever had one but that's clearly what you would you would imagine that pinocchio who's been uh making love to women with his nose the whole movie turning into an androgynous human girl playing a boy doing a Mick Jagger impression, doing a Mick Jagger impersonation about a full size female puppet, how the boy next door is the best girl in America or something. What was yeah. the lyric? By the time we got to there, I had completely lost track of what the <laughs> fuck was happening. Yeah. And dude, it's a, uh, you know, with the movie like this, where you come in just for the concept, the real problem is that they usually run out of steam right away and get very boring. In this film, me and Clark were, were starting to feel the length. And then one of the puppets made fun of it. They're like, yeah, we have bad pacing in this film. And then I think 20 minutes late, actually, I have no idea how long later, we paused the movie and it was almost over. Yeah, we had like 15 minutes. Left. And we're like, wait a minute. I thought it had only been on for 20 minutes. So I don't know if that's a compliment or I not. I don't either. I don't know. It's bizarre. It's also a musical, which I think Clark appreciated. There were a couple of pretty decent musical numbers. Yeah, and yeah, that were that everything is still very strange. There is no like there's no comedic pocket in this movie. No. It sort of changes scene by scene and none of it is too terribly funny well there's a lot of interesting ideas too like at one point geppetto shows up with his pinocchio 
which is kind of on the nose, uh, no pun intended there. But Geppetto, they they pull him in because they want to make a porno, and he starts building women. And at one point, he's painting this styrofoam puppet, uh, like the uh, black skin tone, yeah. and it starts talking to him. And he's like, oh, don't worry, I'm going to make you beautiful. And it's like, what are we, is this some like creationist stuff going on? And then she wanted to fuck. Yeah, also, there's a lot of puppet wieners. At one point, um, a they, sec- were all, they all looked the same. No, they didn't. Most of the puppet wieners. No, nah, Lash, the guy running the puppet porn okay, store. Okay, that guy, he had, he had a girthy puppet yeah. penis that, uh, you know, he still had his uh, turtleneck on. Yeah. Then the other two, pretty sure that was the same dick. Well, uh, the secretary who wanted to be the star of the porno turned out to have a male genitalia. Also that. And Geppetto fixed it by just cutting it off. Yeah. And it's like, what are we? D- it's bizarre. And it still had the, it still had the uh, urethra. It's, that's a, <laughs> you could call it that. That was a hole. It definitely was a a hollow. I don't know. The puppets get wet in here too. Not like a lot, but they do. Yeah, because Which, they need to get sexually lubricated. <sighs> yeah, they make a joke about that. Yes, dude, it's what a bizarre film. And um, very strange. The first time a human lady is naked. It's a bizarre moment in a bar where I th- I can't tell if she's stripping or bartending. And uh, she gets rescued by one of our puppet um, protagonists. And they go back to her place. And Clark pointed out that she sounded a little bit like Harley Quinn. And I could oh. not get it out of my Dude. head. Dude. Pull some of that audio, send it to Randy. I, I have it. I pulled it's, it. Oh, yeah. I pulled a clip because I knew, we, I knew I had to talk about it. And people are going to be like, what does that even mean? But who's the girl in the in the movie that does the like real life Harley Quinn? What's her name, Randy? Hey, Randy, I know you got a Margot post- Robbie. Yeah, Margot Robbie. Yeah. Uh, do you think she she stole her uh, her sound this, from this movie? This was her inspiration. Here, Here I'm playing. Go. I'm playing this for you, Randy. Here we go. Ready? I have a confession to make. Do tell. I've been a very bad. <laughs> so I gathered. <laughs> and then they they didn't do it actually. I think no, he had a uh, that puppet had a weird fetish to where he wanted um she was <laughs> he defended her honor but got bashed on the head yeah. by a real human man. She is also a real human lady and he is a puppet. So cut to the next scene where this real naked human lady who has been very awkwardly dancing uh, throughout the second act of this film uh, to little or no music. (laughs) And (laughs) she takes the puppet on her bed and she wants to repay him with a sexual favor. And the puppet is uh, sheepish about this uh, exchange. Mm -hmm. So he says, well, I've got something else in mind. And then he tells her and she's like, Ooh, and then he commences to, uh, put her panties around his waist and then his, her bra on his head. Then he goes behind a counter and then she throws cherries at him. Well, you skipped. Uh, she talked about how her dad used to spank her. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> yes. So he spanked her as she says, daddy. Yeah, dude, weird film. And um, a lot of it is them making a porno. So you get a lot of puppets operating camera equipment. 
and stuff. Yeah. There's there's a lot going on there, and I don't think we were ready for it. But um, it definitely touches on horror. I don't know. It was a really interesting recommendation, and I had never heard of it. So uh, th- what? that was Christian's fault, right? And we should say that all of the sex was either puppet on puppet or puppet on human. Yeah. No human-human sex. Although there was that weird moment where it cut from them making a porno to real-life children playing on a beach. Yes. And then it zoomed into like a 12-year-old boy like digging in the sand. And it was like on his trunks. And we're like, what are we doing now? Yeah. Uh, supposedly, uh, that was how, how M. Night Shyamalan got his start. Oh, God. <laughs> it was on the beach of old. That's right. And Randy, a lot of uh, gorilla-style shots of New York. They're down there. It opens up with a puppet buying a hot dog from a vendor. <laughs> Solid. Classic yeah. New York. No, for sure. And I, you know, I looked up the director after and he had made 52 other films. Uh, they all seem to be porn. The last <laughs> one he ever did was The Naked Goddess. And uh, yeah, he, he's a New York dude. His name's Gerard Damanio. Gerard Damanio. Hey. Hey, yeah. Jinko Gino. Making a porno way. All right. Yeah, I don't know. That was a good recommendation. Again, strange, strange film. We, we got to do this more often with other podcasts. Also, the name of the film is Let My Puppets Come. Come spelled traditionally. Yeah. What's weird. going on there? Weird choice. Missed I opportunity. I think it's a bait and switch. So you throw it on for your kids. You're like, bait and, okay. bait and, oh, and switch. <laughs> it's a Patrick Bateman switch. All right. We've already hit the 320. And I we still know. We talked about Candy. I know. And I'm, uh, not going to rush through it. You've never rushed through anything in your it's life. It's my turn. <laughs> Takes you six minutes to pee. As we revisit the uh, Bernard Herman. Actually, you know what? It's so Candyman. You didn't like it. I liked it. Or is it fair to say you didn't like it? I was meh on it. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Here's well. Let me let me let me before you get to the thing. Let me tell about my thing. All right. Let's talk about your thing. I got marijuana in Arizona. Okay. <laughs> Allegedly. We're off to a bad start. No, it's legal. I went oh. across the street. There is a dispensary. I was just talking about the quality. There is a dispensary across the street. It's called Marigold. Oh. Now, honestly, this is the first dispensary I have ever been in in my entire life. Oh. Because I always just order it. Because, thank you, California. Yeah. I can just order my drugs and oh. it comes to my home. So I go into this dispensary. It's like a fucking jewelry store. Yeah. It's stupid. They all are. There's That's dumb. What kind of music? That's a dumb thing. I didn't pay attention. Also, I got, I got a pack of gummies, 10 milligrams of pop, 100 milligrams, $30. Oh. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But they work. So I was all gummed up going to Candyman, and when I'm gummed up in a movie, it can go either ways, and it went the wrong way. It just went the wrong way. All right. Well, what uh, what lingering notes do you remember? Here's the thing. I have fairly recently seen the original Candyman, not too long ago, I yeah. think within the past year, uh, maybe six, eight months or so. And uh, really enjoyed it, and I really in- was really looking forward to seeing this. Now, knowing that Jordan Peele had a hand in this, um, and then did not direct it, it just felt like Jordan Peele light to me. 
What do you mean by that? Here's what I mean. The humor was not there. Okay. The comedic effort that was there was just, I assume, was the, the brother who annoyed the fuck out of me. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. It, I, needed, it needed a comedic element desperately. It's like if you if you you know you're making soup and you take and you taste a little bit of that soup, you need some salt. Didn't have salt in this movie. I don't know. I think uh, the Jordan Peele effect is more bringing over like that urban culture, which is so different yes. if you watch like you know and Medea. That was or, yeah, and I think that's like the the Jordan Peele effect. So, and but if you look at his two previous films, there is an underlying comedic tone there. There is true. no underlying comedic tone here. No, which I'm okay with. Yeah, yeah. But I need something to offset that. But and I, I didn't get that. But again, it's not a Jordan Peele movie. It is a Jordan Peele movie. Well, produced by. It's a, jo- it's a Jordan Peele no. movie. No. It comes across very much that way. Well, okay. Here's the other thing. I think Jordan Peele kind of gets lumped in. He's a part. Okay. You know how I was talking about A24 kind of being their own subgenre? Like they have their own tone and look to like film. Uh, if you listen to the last Scary Thoughts podcast, they were talking about the new Halloween film, and they brought up something I hadn't thought about, where Bloomhouse kind of is doing the same thing, where Bloomhouse will make these like mid-range budget horror films that are aimed at horror fans. Yeah. So they're they're kind of like the Marvel equivalent, where they're loaded up with Easter yeah, eggs. Yeah, but then they shit in your mouth. Well, the thing is, they also operate in like a not sequel, not reboot, kind of all the above area. And Candyman did that too, where we're kind of rebooting the idea, but it's clearly a franchise film. Yeah. Like we even hark back to like other characters, but it's also aimed at horror fans. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I wasn't missing the humor. I did. Were you expecting like, I just, no, I'm, it's not, it's not expectations. It's just balance. I get it. It felt off balance to me of what you need that. I think in, or at least I need that in a, you know, a studio horror film like this. All right. That's okay. I get because that. Because it, because everything was kind of built around that. And because the brother was the comedic relief. Kind of. And he yeah. sucked. Well, they, they kind of just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It didn't, that didn't work. Like right. a flamboyant gay character is kind of yeah, like, it was, eh, it I just, don't know. It was, it I liked weird. him. I, I, to, Again, I thought I, I enjoyed all the characters and as somebody I would describe myself as allergic to virtue signaling. Yeah. And it's weird. I, I guess we're at the end of the uh, white devil wave of films as critics didn't love it. Like I like I think this is certified fresh. It's certified. But, you know, Get Out was like untouchable. Like you could not give that movie a negative score. And I think there's just been so many films that are like. This goes full tilt horror. It does, but it's also, it doesn't shy away from like race relations either. No. But I think all the complaints I've heard, I haven't heard any horror complaints. I've heard, I'm tired of this conversation complaints, which is interesting because we were talking about it while uh, we were playing D&D yesterday and um, somebody had mentioned that the movie actually kind of touches on that where uh, our main character has an art exhibit and he's, you know, he's a black artist uh, who does paintings and he's known for depicting, you know, um, racial trauma. 
So like, you know, one of his paintings is like uh, a black man. You can tell from like masculine hands and there's like a noose hovering over it. And everybody's kind of like, all right, dude, like that's old. Like we, we got to move forward here. And I thought it was interesting because the movie is probably one of the most interesting nuanced conversations about like race. And I thought a lot of the movie was about exploiting like cultural trauma which I haven't heard. And actually all these movies have been doing, which, you know, I don't even remember the name of them, but do you remember that one where it's like, Oh, the nice black family moves out to a rural home, but they cross their paths in a bathroom with a biker gang. And like, somehow they end up taking some of their drugs and it turns into a home invasion film. Mm. Or do you remember that one where it's like the nice black couple buy a house, but the original owner is a crazy white guy who wants to kill them now. I saw that movie. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of those. And it seems like where we are culturally Quaid went banana. Well, I think people are like over it. Yeah. But on the surface level, I mean, there's a lot more to Candyman than just There's no question. There's no question. It, again, I just think that tonally and then also going into, you know, the third act and the culmination, which I would like to refrain from. Um, I, I don't I would like That's for fine. Us to not spoil that. Um not that I had any issues with it. It's just, I think, ultimately, what are we talking about now? I think the messages got confused with me by the end. Okay. Well, okay. Because so, now now it's domestic terrorism. So there's interesting things going on in Candyman. Um, uh, there's an artist struggling for, like, inspiration, and he hears a story um, about... Oh, man. Dude, it's like to talk about this stuff, you have to start at the very beginning. Uh, the character you don't like that you're calling the comic relief, who's the uh, brother of one of our protagonists. Yeah. Uh, he's bringing his boyfriend over to meet his sister and her boyfriend. And the conversations they have there. Now, I should mention his boyfriend is white and everybody else there is black. And they get. Is in, he white? Yeah. They, they straight up mention it in the movie. And there's a moment where they're talking about like he seemed Latin. How Cabrini Green's gone and how white people, you know, section off an area and then turn it into the projects and then just demolish it so that they can uh, gentrify it and buy up all the property. And then he's like, Well, isn't this house that? Yeah. And then everybody kind of like reflects on it. Also, there's another thing going on where this is like the bourgeoisie of like black culture where yeah. like they've got money and they have a beautiful apartment and they're talking about like wine tasting and it's kind of like, okay, what are we doing here? Like an extravagant apartment. And you know, they're, you know, they're lamenting about past racial trauma and he kind of like points it out like, Hey, well you've benefited from this too. And the whole movie takes that tone. Like, even when we go back to uh, the projects and he's, like, looking around, I took all that as, like, um, cultural folklore. And the movie's kind of about how we employ it. And a lot of this film is about exploiting cultural trauma through art or through um, personal gain. And that third act, they flip it. And they do it very subtly. And it took me a little bit. I, I did have the benefit of having a you know eight hour ride home to kind of like work this out in a car. And dude, I think it's really good now. But to get away from all the racial stuff that all the people uh, who didn't like this film are clearly tired of, 
they did the thing that I've wanted from the gallows, and I've been bugging all our guests about it, making everybody watch that trailer, where a slasher character floats up and murders somebody. I loved the ghost slasher that they turned Tony Todd into. Yeah. I thought it was the coolest shit I've seen in a slasher movie for a long time. And they filmed it in interesting ways. Oh, the whole the high rise. Dude, I thought it was beautifully captured. Where we we Randy, we got a high rise zoom out kill, dude. Oh yeah. Talk about like Did you like that? I dude, I loved it. Now, uh Con, it it looked it felt a little CG there, like a little like you couldn't really uh ignore it. Like it hurts immersion. Yeah. But I thought the effect of that shot was beautiful. And yeah. they were kind of highlighting like where it was happening. Yeah. In her apartment. And Dude, the movie's so smart. I just don't know if we really give film time to reflect on. Like, Randy, I know the bit that I that I always do where, you know, mirrors and what they mean in film. Yeah. It's one of the easiest visual metaphors. Dude, this movie fucking takes that to the next level. <laughs> and you know what? They blend horror in perfectly. And I was talking to Terrell and Oksana about this. Whenever you watch a horror movie that's like Bloody Mary themed, you always get characters who are like Bloody Mary in a mirror and it never pays off. And I mean, what I mean is like people don't just pop up and there's always a reason why it didn't happen right away. And then by the third act, you know, stuff gets crazy. I loved how in this film, one, you know, you say Candyman five times, which feels like too much, which I think kind of runs in line with like beating a dead horse theme yeah. that we have in this movie. But the other thing is every time they did it, there was always, you know, a reaction. And I like as a horror fan, I really appreciated that. I don't know what. How, what did you think of this as a horror movie? Succeeded. Okay. I, I just I don't hear anybody having that conversation, like, like all the girls being murdered in the bathroom, which again is in the trailer, so I don't feel bad mentioning. Yeah. Well, they, and they don't show that. Oh, they do. Not a ton. Oh, okay. There, definitely, it's a longer scene. Yeah. But um, what feels like a fun, like, Bloomhouse, like, murder fest right yeah. there? Because most of that scene we, we, we get from the point of view is the the one girl of color in the bathroom who came in in the middle of that while they were yeah. commencing that nonsense. And, you know, they were just mean to her. And then she goes in there and puts her knees on the toilet and looks at her, you know, bad brains back patch. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> but again... A great like um, scene for a horror movie. Yet again, the way that the folklore is employed, I think, is even playing into the racial thing. Where that like PC gathering of all these girls, we had an Asian girl, there was a, a black girl in the stole, we had a Latino girl, there was the white girl, then there was the one girl with the most dialogue, which was just to let us know that she was um, a lesbian. You know, it's it's all fair game. Yeah. I don't know. I, dude, I thought this movie was incredibly thoughtful. And um, I'm kind of bummed that so many horror fans are just like, oh, I'm tired of this shit. And I'm like, dude, we haven't been, again, you know, the comparison I'm trying to articulate is a uh, promising young woman. And I blame society. Like people love promising young woman for the uh, conversation it sparked, except I think it completely missed the mark and yeah. didn't understand it at all. It was a lot of virtue signaling where promising or uh, I blame society nailed it. It's, it's like, 
Yeah, I don't know. I still get likes on my letterbox. Right, well, maybe maybe next week we can go more into spoiler territory because I think there's some themes I'd like to discuss with you, and maybe we can do that on the microphone later. I don't like, want to do that now. Like duality and mirrors and what it means. No, and how uh, <laughs> Candyman, you know, dude, the way. Okay, if anybody if you haven't watched it, like Randy, think about how Candyman appears and who he kills and when. And I really think like. This is a even movie with like a lot of nuance. I will tell you the scene where it's a flashback scene. We've got the guy in the, um, at the, at the cleaners, at the washer, at the washer Terry. Yeah. Yeah. When he's saying that he met the candy man yeah. and he comes out of the, out of the wall. Mm-hmm. Great. But also now think about it. Now the third act, where it gets a little bit turbulent. Also, that guy's great. Great voice. Oh, dude, amazing. Also, just the idea Candyman. Of, of telling oral stories in this film is also like a theme. Like we have the puppet show stuff, which that, that's an oral story. <laughs> Let my puppets go. I did, good, <laughs> good job there. The shadow puppets in this one too, and just, love the shadow puppets. Well, and like the folklore and how it's evolved and who tells you and personal bias. And it all plays in. And also um, police as villains or like as government protection is also interesting. And I've been thinking a lot about it again to plug scary thoughts, Halloween talk. They mentioned something about slasher films. That I never thought of where, you know, at the end of the day, what is this film articulating? And he, you know, Chad had mentioned, oh, that you shouldn't uh, expect the government to protect you. Don't trust them with your safety. Yeah. And I'm like, that is a great way to look at slasher films because they're never there for you. And, uh, you know, this one, it doesn't really, it kind of takes that sentiment, but it, I don't know. I, I, it's tough not like spoiling this film. And again, for fucking cellar dwellers, they went out. In a, they were in Atlanta and they saw a screening of it. Tony Todd was there and did a Q&A after. Hell yeah. Dude, how old is Tony Todd now? I don't know, but how interesting would it be to hear him talk about For that? For sure. I don't know. Again, and, you know, I hate, I hate, like, grouping people up by gender and, like, race. But in case anybody didn't check it out, this film was directed by a black female woman. Which is, oh, a black female woman. A, I'm sorry, that's a little <laughs> redundant. No, by sure. a... Uh, by a POC of birthing nature. What? Yeah, that's a popular thing. Call them birthing people, <laughs> not not a uh, birthing people. Yeah, her first movie was really good too. I saw it at a uh, SF Indie Fest a couple of years ago. Nia DaCosta. Yeah, Nia DaCosta. Now, what was her first film? It's called Little Woods. It's more just like a independent drama, but it was solid. Oh, the woods that were named after Clark when he got lost there. Get it? Clark Little Woods. <laughs> Dude, it looks like she kind of plays around in genre a lot. Was that like a horror film? No, not at all. Western. Dude, the cover straight up looks like like Madeline's Madeline or something. Yeah, it was good. Uh, James, I would watch it again. He was in Madeline's Madeline. True. Wait, oh, you weren't joking. Yeah, it's listed as crime drama Western. Oh, man, I'm going I'm to check that out. Yeah, I really like this film. Also, again, I I love black culture because they're not scared to have a masculine lead. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, you know, I'm going to cut Oksana's headphones off so she can't hear this. I love a, a muscular man with broad shoulders. Yeah, duh. And, you know, I was like, 
I'm, I'm, I support this dude. And the story that, you know, unfolds is a little tragic, but I'm, I'm rooting for him all the way. Artists annoy me. All of that the was fucking, the other thing. all the white leads, dude, they're all like Jason Bourne and shit. It's like, I'm not rooting for you. I don't, I don't want some like dad looking. Okay. Are you anti-Jason Bourne, dude? <laughs> I'm not a Bourne fan. You watch your mouth. As far as like white action movies go, I'm out after like Stallone and uh, who are the other short ripped guys? Tom Cruise. Glenn not da- Tom Cruise. Glenn not Danzig. A, not, you know, sorry, three friends. I'm not a Cruise fan. Get, watch your goddamn mouth. No. Arnold. I watched half of a uh, Mission Impossible movie earlier Which this one? week, too. Which one? The most recent one, Fallout. Oh, Fallout's great. And then what? Did you turn it off or fall asleep? It was on TV. I just caught it in the middle. From now, from <laughs> this day forward, there will be no negative talks about Tom Cruise and or the Mission Impossible oh, franchise. Yeah. Randy, I forgot. He took up cigarettes and joined Scientology, so. <laughs> Tom Cruise is a goddamn star. I love him. I did hear an interesting story about him. I love the Mission Impossible movie. Where him and a stuntman were jumping off like a building or something, and the dude uh, got hurt, and he was like, "Oh man, I hurt!" And it, Tom Cruise came up. He's like, "Are you injured or are you hurt?" Yeah. And he's like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Can you continue or not?" And he was like, "Yeah, I can go." That's the intensity of a star. That star <laughs> has carried the country on his back for decades. You were true. How cool is Candyman? He broke his foot in the movie, and they used it. Man, I really like that movie. All right, here's the thing. I may give it, a, I could give it another go. I, again, man, with the gummies, sometimes I get caught up in the minutia of things. Also, uh, I, again, I listened to this. I listened, I'll, I'll, I'll be very okay, honest. Okay, We're okay. all friends here. I listened to the Cellar Dwellers show that we did with them. Yeah, yeah. While I was high, got terribly depressed. Why? I said, I'm not funny anymore. <laughs> Wait. So I at listened one point- to this on an airplane coming from Phoenix to San Francisco. Just, I was, I was kind of freaking out. Wait, you were funny at one point. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Then we just disagree in a different I'd way. I set myself up for <laughs> I that. I understand. <laughs> I understand completely. But that's all right. I'm going to power through. Maybe it. you just need a visual medium. Maybe you should listen to me and get so, on camera. I don't know. Just, it, 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 it just I don't know don't worry I've, I gotta I, I got stop with the gummies Dave. you make me laugh I agree I gotta stop with the gummies yeah start smoking more but, sometimes, <laughs> but see that's the thing it's a balance though right because no like, no it is a balance you mentioned it last night Gaia paid off oh you know what yeah well you are flipping a coin okay way back in the day one of our earliest guests Kaja Ram who works for a library out here does great work event coordinating also, the high-low programming. We should probably talk to those people at some point. Um, he came over one day when we were watching In the Valley of, of Violence, and he had some like block of gummy. And he was like, you want some? I'm like, oh, all right. And he gave me a little piece, and I cut that in half, and I ate it, and I, I experienced the movie. I don't know if any of it sunk in. Yeah. I couldn't tell you one minute of that film, except I remember feeling like blown away by it. And I'm like, I don't like that. I don't. And Gaia, you're right. It did. It worked out really well for that one. Yeah. But I feel like that only happens one out of 10 times. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know. Comedies, it works. Yeah, okay. 
So I, again, I think you came in looking for a comedy and you took a gummy and you it's were just- not, Look, I didn't go to Candyman <laughs> thinking it was going to be Chuckles Central. You know what I mean? But I, it, dude, it's hard hitting. It's good. You get a lot of, dude, it, good conversation there about trauma being expressed through art, but yet working into a business medium and not being appreciated for the message, but a for copious the- copious amount of CGBs. Dude, I like the- So there's a moment where a bee is eaten by ants, and yeah. this came up in the car ride back. And I think that was a visual metaphor for the violence that happened to kick off our story. And I'm like, dude, somebody was thinking about the shin here. Although the ants look very CG and remind me of Green Inferno. That's fair. Also, last thing about Candyman. No mention whatsoever about our Lord and Savior, Lori Lightfoot. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to make a movie about Chicago, (laughs) Illinois, and Cabrini Green, my girl better be involved. Oh, man. It lost a star. Because of no Lori Lightfoot. I mean, that's a... (laughs) I don't know if we're there yet. We're there. Because, again, if you... Again, (laughs) the racial racial nuance. If I don't think of in 2020, if I didn't just jump headfirst into, like, hours and hours of, like, political podcasts from all spectrums, I don't know if I could have come out with the view I have. And I just think, you know, when people talk about BLM, it's like, you know, good people and they're doing the right thing. And then you hear about Brianna Taylor's mom. Who's like, they exploited the shit out of me, made a ton of money. And I never saw a fucking penny. And then you look into their stuff and they're talking about deconstructing the nuclear family. That level of like nuance, when you're uh, appreciating our main characters living in a bourgeoisie art, loving wine tasting family setting, it doesn't work. And I think if you add a Lori Lightfoot in there, it all fucking spirals out of control. Nope. And you get the comedic element. <laughs> I don't know. That I was looking for. Dude, I think you find it funny because you listen to fucking Tim Dillon. No, I and, find it funny because I read the news. Yeah, but you know, I think people are over it. Dude, we, we, got, we got David Lynch as a president right now. And <laughs> it's, it hasn't looked worse. What's my talking about? <laughs> I had a word. What is it? I, I, honestly, I was so happy that was a bit. <laughs> Because when I was watching that for the first time, I'm like, oh, my God. I, I thought they were going to bury him. All right. Then we'd have to have Jennifer Lynch fly out. Ooh. I haven't watched a Jennifer Lynch film in a long time. Jenny from the block. Hiss. I never saw Hiss. Me either. Let's watch it. All right. Randy, you want to come over? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, catch an Uber, dude. I'll watch it sometime. All right, Randy. Uh... Have fun in Atlanta, living your new life away from us. Will do. I'll try at least. Uh, I don't know if I enjoy my life here either. So, (laughs) Randy, you're going to love it. I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to make a prediction. Russ, you ready? Yeah. I think Randy, Randy may gain a couple lbs in Atlanta, dude. Oh, he's going to be he's going to be entrenched in that heavy southern food and that heavy southern weather. I don't know, man. Heavy southern women. I think, Randy, what are you, what are you now? Like 135, 140? Yeah, usually Wet. like 140. 265 this time next year. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Dude, I, I, I'd love fat Randy. <laughs> Not going to happen. All right. Well, 
when you get out there, say hi to your new parents. Um, again, we vetted them, Randy. You're in good hands, and they they clearly need some engineering help. Now their show sounds good. They're good. It sounds good, but when you're uploading the same episode twice, new show. I think I've done that once too. So, Randy, look, he's already defending them more than he ever defended us. What do you expect? He's a turncoat. <laughs> He's a I was turncoat saying that I'm uh, also capable of making the same mistake. No one believes that. Randy, take us home. Uh, we'll take you home with a eulogy. Um, R.A.P. Ed Asner. Oh, friend of the show. Oh, my God. Don't do that. What the hell? Oksana, <laughs> save it. Oksana, you take us home. Oh, no. Not me. No. Come on, do a bit. <laughs> Why are you trying to read something? No, no, come on. No. Do it. You've been working on a minute. Yeah. Talking to the mic. This is going to kill this whole episode. <laughs> with me. No, it's exactly how I thought it was going to go. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Oh, wow. Bye bye.